All right. Hey, that was pretty cool. I, I thought that was pretty cool. All right. I am live. Check this out, guys. Live on Facebook through the StreamYard app. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a live edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera. We are getting fancy on the show. I tell you that right now. I hope you had a fantastic week. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. It, I know it's Friday night. It's kind of a weird time, but I'm anchoring here tonight. I'm going to have some high school football highlights, some Rockets highlights. But I thought, you know what? I had a little bit of time. So I'm going to kind of jump on this thing and see how this whole system works out. So it's called StreamYard. You can see that little bird with headphones in the corner right there. Uh, this is where I usually record my video podcast versions that I put on YouTube. But somebody, and that certain somebody is our baseball analyst, Jeremy Booth. He tune, turned me on to this thing saying, hey, we should try this. And so anyway, I, I just figured I'd give it a shot. And here I am. I put that little fancy intro together. And uh, as you can see at the bottom, I have a banner. It says Time Out with DG Live. Oh, we're big time. Uh, this is what uh, this is what we can do on the timeout with DG budget right now. I'm telling you, we can we can make some things happen. Uh, so uh, yes, this is episode 82 of the podcast. I believe it's episode 82. Uh, if you're not watching right now, this is going to be on the uh, on the uh, audio version of it as well. Yes, episode 82. We're going to talk about the week in review. As you can see, the scroll at the bottom. We're going to talk about Texans. We're going to talk uh, Hall of Fame voting here in a little bit. I'm going to welcome on my uh, colleague here at KHU Love and News, one of our anchors, Len Cannon. I think I'm going to be able to bring him on. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be able to bring him on, but I sent him the link and he should have it. So let me see if uh, is where, where are we at here with that? Uh, anyway, I will uh, I will figure that out here in a second. So anyway, that's what we're doing. Here, uh, if I can bring him on here in a little bit, I will. And um, yeah, so I go. I hope you guys had an awesome week. And so here I am talking to you guys live on Facebook. How did you guys uh, have your week? Did you guys have a good week? We got some comments already. Hello and good evening, Daniel from Rosario. Cool. And uh, Matthews, yes, Barry Simon. Ma Matthews is on fire for the Rockets. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, where do we start? Uh, earlier this week, I did have an episode up on the podcast. Hope you guys check that out. It was episode 80. Um, and it was an interview with, uh, Sam Houston, uh, head football coach, Casey Keeler. They got another playoff game coming up this weekend and, uh, he's, uh, he's doing some good things too. And also later in this, uh, in this podcast, I'm going to have an interview with, uh, one of the newest inductees into the baseball hall of fame. His name is uh, Tony Oliva. And I will share my story that I have with him here in a little bit but first let me see if i can get uh let me see if i can get somebody len cannon on here bear with me guys a little bit while i try to figure this thing out uh let me see crop out laid out oh boy i'm telling you this is a new service and we're learning on the fly together i promise you guys that so uh if you guys can hold tight let me see if i can uh, get him on here um let me see instructions for guest uh let's see let me look this up here. Instruction before the broadcast, webcam, a recent version of Chrome or Firefox. Okay. Let's see. Check the mic is working. Okay. Well, he should be ready to go. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll try to bring him on here in a little bit and see what, uh, see what Len Cannon has to say. If not, I'm just going to text him so he can come over and he can join us right here and we can talk a little bit on this thing. So hopefully I can get him on. I think, uh, I think we can get this to work. Anyway, until I figure that out, 
doing a couple of things here at once. Um, uh, until I figure that out, I will ta- be talking to you guys about uh, the Texans. I guess that's the biggest story this week. Even though they're 2-10, and 10, the Texans continue to make news this week. And uh, for all the wrong reasons, especially at the beginning of the week, um, I-, I have to say that Colts game, and I-, I-, I didn't even watch the Colts game. I was listening to it in the car on my way back from Dallas. And uh, I was listening to it, and I, I- – it, it felt like it was the worst game that I had seen this team play. And by seen, I, I mean here, because then I went back and watched some of the highlights or some of the lowlights, if you will, of that game. And it was, uh, it, they, they were miserable. Um, so anyway, I, I think this is the low point for the Texans franchise. It really is. And David Cully, I don't know what his future is with the team. I think, uh, I think Cully's probably going to be gone after this year, but we, we, you know, we all knew this coming into this season that we, we didn't, we didn't really anticipate David Cully being a part of this uh, franchise for very long. He was that bridge the gap type of coach. And uh, it's not just that he's a bridge the gap coach, but uh, he's, he's not doing very well in bridging that gap because it seems like the team is very undisciplined. They, they don't, Oh boy. They have a lot of um, they have a lot of procedural penalties. Um, stars on the team are suspended. And this week we saw one of the stars, a guy who signed a fifty-eight million dollar contract just last year, Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby signed him to the contract. And Zach Cunningham he gets cut uh, and waived. Already picked up by the Titans, by the way, which is uh, crazy. I th- this is by yeah, this is for sure rock bottom for this team. I don't think David Culley's back. I don't I don't necessarily think he's to blame for this really uh, because he just doesn't have much to work with. But, you know, I heard somebody uh, do some analysis of this recently and he said that two things can be true. David Cully can be an awful coach and the Texans could be a bad franchise. And I think that's where we're at. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cully is let go after one year and then Nick Casario goes and gets the guy that he's hoping to get, but, but he can go get somebody now be, be their legitimate head coach. And I don't think, that's going to be enough uh, because there's just not a lot of talent on the team. We're going to continue talking Texans here in a second, but I do see uh, my colleague, Len Cannon, uh, stepping in here. Look, he's smiling already. Let's add him to the stream. Hey, oh my God, this is amazing. We have, we have uh, quite the production budget here, Len. <laughs> I'm out with, with DG. So, uh, hey, Len, thanks for joining me. You're my first live guest on the show. I'm honored. It's a pleasure. I finally figured out how to uh, join the studio here. It took a few minutes. Yeah. So it, uh, what do you think about this, by the way? Man, our, our business is uh, ever-changing, right? I mean, look look what we're doing now. We're talking on this live stream. Usually, you just get on the phone with You even asked me, why can't we do Facebook Live? But look, we got graphics and a, right. a scroll at the bottom. This is so cool. Warp speed is the way the technology is going. I'm glad you're at the forefront. I'm just following along. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to show you the ropes. It was a little rough start to this. I'm not going to lie. I think I had some black in between and all that. But we've got a couple of uh, couple of people watching now. So, uh, uh, Len, I was just talking about the Texans before you, you you jumped on. I know you're a huge football fan. You've been in Houston for a long time. I, I think this is rock bottom, personally. Um, it, it's tough to watch the team, man. So what, what, what have you thought about – that's a loaded question. What have you thought about this group this season? I think I think you're right. It is rock bottom. There are two things going forward uh, that they're going to be able to work their way out of this in the future. What do you get for Deshaun Watson? That's the start. You got to get a lot so you can build around whoever your next quarterback is going to be or whoever you get in a trade. 
Um, who's going to be, is Cully going to be the coach? I heard you mentioning that. I don't see why he can't be, especially if you get him more talent. So I think this year is a bust. And whatever happens with Deshaun Watson from that point on, we'll have a sense of, of where this team is going for the next couple of years. Maybe it's hard to know. I, I, I thought that the, the game this past week, I don't know if you got a chance to see it. And if you didn't, it's okay because uh, watching grass grow was more entertaining than watching Stop. that game. Was, I'm, I can say, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh, but uh, I just, it just, they don't, it's, it's just hard to watch. And I hate to see the franchise this two years ago, or just actually it was last January. Last yep. January, they were up 24 nothing on the Chiefs in yep. the second quarter, and we thought, oh, my God, AFC Championship game, and this thing is completely falling apart. From your perspective, I know you're not around the team all the time, you don't cover, but you, you watch as a fan, and you, you, you like to see the, uh, the, the highs of the team. I mean, it's, it's tough, right? It's really – I mean, you really put it in perspective because when they were up on the Chiefs, I got I – le I left and went to the gym because I figured – it's not going to be competitive. I didn't see the beginning of that game. My wife sends me a message. You are missing out. The Texans are killing them. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding. And so we go from now, obviously, we blew that in the second half, but it looked promising. I mean, you know, and then and then we then we just went down the rabbit hole. I mean, it's been one catastrophe after another from so much promise to like just at the bottom of the barrel. It's tragic. So it's going to take a while to get out of this. Uh, it is. And I, I was talking about Cully being a bridge the gap coach. And, but you know, a bridge to who? I don't know. Well, I've always thought that they were going to bring in the, the guy that they wanted after day. I always thought David Cully was the guy to come in. He was, a, you know, he's a, a player's coach. He's been in the league a long time. He's, he was respected by his peers and all that. And, I never thought that he was going to be the guy, right? We saw this with Bo Porter, with Bo Porter and the Astros. I mean, right. God bless Bo Porter. I think he's a great baseball guy. I love talking to him, but he was dealt a bad hand of cards, right? Yeah. And so he was the manager, but I feel like the Astros saw him as a bridge the gap coach until they got A.J. Hinch and the talent was then there, and that was the guy that they really wanted because he was more analytically based with Jeff Luno and the whole thing. I kind of see the same thing here. I, I don't know how you see it. I, I, I would I would say I would hope that if the guy that can be the bridge can also lead you beyond the bridge, if you get enough talent around him. This guy's been in the league a long time. He's getting an opportunity. So I hope that it's not just a one and done because of a, a disaster that was not of his making, that he'll get another opportunity with a better team. Look, next year, I'd be happy if they went eight and eight, quite frankly. Wow. Eight and eight would be like winning the, the Super Bowl. Is there a trophy for eight and eight? I think the league if he, come up If Cully can get them to eight and eight next year with better talent, you know, he deserves to be there, you know, maybe four years. So I, I just hope it's not one and done. I don't think it would be fair to him. No, I don't. And I, you know, he's such a, I mean, he's a nice guy. I mean, I, I, the reason I say Kenny he might coach, be, you tell me. I, well, that's you, that's where I was going. That's where I was going with it because he's he's a nice enough guy. He was really excited. The other day I played that soundbite from when he first got hired. He was he had a smile, and now I feel like he's gotten a lot of gray hair in the last. Yeah, no kidding. In the it's last like being ten president. months. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's like <laughs> equate the two. Like 
president and being the coach of the Texans. That's what. But I'm you thinking. don't. You. It sounds like you have doubts about his coaching ability. And yeah. If so, why? I, I don't know. I, I think that in game situations, I mean, it took him. First of all, it took him a long time to even challenge a play. Now I get it. They haven't really been in many of these games. A lot of these games have been twenty. 30 point blowouts, but it took him a long time to challenge a play the last week against the jets. For example, it was such an obvious decision or two weeks ago against the jets. It was such an obvious decision to challenge a play that all the players on the sidelines were jumping up and down, <laughs> yelling at him to challenge. the play. I think there are things that since he's a first time head coach, he's been a position coach his whole life. He's, ne- he's never been a head coach. And in a way I do feel bad because he's been put in such a weird position I just think in-game decisions that are being made are are like the team is undisciplined. They got a lot of procedural penalties, uh, false mm-hmm. starts, offsides. It seems like Laramie Tunsil or whenever he does play, and now that's kind of rubbed off. Everybody's false starting all the time. I mean, th- that sort of stuff like in a disciplined football team doesn't happen. And that, I feel that starts with the head coach. Yeah, but I also feel like I would give him a little breathing room or a break for growing pains of kind of learning on the job. And this is trial by fire. I mean, how would he be doing if he had, uh, if he had, uh, you know, a quarterback and if he had Watson, for example, yeah. if he had, the defense has not played badly in spots, but you know, this is really, he's been thrown into the frying pan without much help. So I just think it would be nice to see him get, an opportunity beyond this year, given the circumstances, because I'm sure when he signed, he thought Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback. Well, that, that was at least, I thought he was probably hoping that he can convince him, right? Yes. I mean, that was that whole time. And this was even before all the legal stuff off the field happened. This was that time yeah. where he just didn't even want to play for yeah. the team anymore. And I think maybe that was one of the reasons why they brought him in too, because they thought that the type of person that Cully is maybe able to it convince smooth the waters. Honestly. Yeah, obviously uh, that didn't happen, and then everything went south with Deshaun. But uh, let me tweet out our link here on Twitter real quick, and then I'm going to ask you about uh, about the just being a fan in this town. So hold on one second. Sure. By the way, we've had comments already uh, on this Facebook stream that people are not fans of Jack Easterby, and I, I do think I do think that's where the issues lie. I know Cully. We're talking about Cully and whether he's got a future. I think this is an organizational problem that they have there with the Texans. And I mean, the roof, I think is going to be open this week. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody rents a banner that says sell the team, Cal. (laughs) I'm just saying, Uh, hold on one second. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So Len, what did, uh, like I said, when did you, when did you get here? 2006. 2006. So uh, it's it's fun being a fan in this town, especially recently. What do you, what do you uh, what do you think of sports? You're an Ohio guy, so yeah. it's a, that's a passionate sports fan base up there, anyway. And uh, down here in Houston, they love sports too. I, I love it. I mean, I've lived in a lot of different cities. Um, I lived in New Orleans when the Saints went to their very first playoff game. Oh, yeah. They got sadly they got blown out by the Vikings. Saints fans will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I I was in Seattle when. Uh, Ken Griffey Sr. got a base hit. Then Ken Griffey Jr. came up and got a base hit. And oh, dad was wow. on second and Jr. was on first. I, I, I was at that game. Um, so over the years, you know, and it, when I was in New York, the Yankees won four titles. Mm. You know, it's like routine. You know, I was there 12 years. They won four times. 
here, you know, it feels so much like a more intimate city, even though it is a big city, but it feels much more um, intimate in terms of us going down to the stadium with a big stage and talking to, you know, Mattress Mac or the mayor yeah, yeah. Um, or former broadcasters or players for the Astros. This run the last few years, you know, the, the whole cheating scandal aside, has right. been so much fun to watch. They've provided so many thrills. I've really enjoyed it. The Texans have played well in the years that I have been here. They've had, they just, they have not gotten past um, the second round, I think, of the playoffs. Uh, no, they've never made it, they've never made it to an AFC championship game. No. And no, so. uh, no, we actually had a really good run here. Like there was, uh, those was the, these were the glory days of Houston sports. The Rockets were really good. Let's not, let's yeah. not forget about the Rockets. Right. I mean, they were really good Look, there, except I were, was, I was at, yeah. uh, I guess it was at the Western conference finals. Yeah. Is game game seven. Uh, who were we playing the Warriors and we couldn't hit a three point shot. Oh, you, you went to that game, huh? Clank, clank, clank. Oh yeah. I remember it was that terrible. was a press box. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there've been a lot of great things to cheer about. Um, I've gone to some Dynamo and Dash games. The only thing I haven't done, I haven't done the um, uh, the Sabercats yet. And I would like to. Oh yes, that they've got a pretty Rugby. good atmosphere down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now these days, you know what? U, U of H uh, over there Ooh. at the Fertitta Center is uh, is. is We've been talking about that, uh, Mia and I, on the set. Yeah. Uh, that we'd like to go to a game. Yeah, that's a, that's awesome down there. It's a great atmosphere, and uh, they got another great team. U of H plays Alabama, number nine Alabama, tomorrow on the road. Nice. So that should be a that should be a good game. All right, I know you got to get ready for the uh, newscast tonight. I do want to ask you though, since you've been in journalism a long time, it feels like this industry that we're in is ever changing. We talk about technology off the top. How what do you how do you how do you assess how journalism has changed over the years and how you know how people in this business have had to adapt and, and this, this, this whole thing for, from your perspective? Well, I think the technology uh, is good in the sense that you can really deliver quickly to the audience. It allows you to do that. It allows you to do, um, during a pandemic, to broadcast from home. You did it, I did it. Yep. I mean, that's insane that we were able to do it uh, at, at decent quality, sitting in my family room in the corner, um, doing a newscast with, with an iPad as my camera. Oh my gosh. I loved your setup, by the way. And that's you the like thing that? about these, yeah, these home setups, I'm sure you noticed, they got better, by the way. <laughs> like, like we all got better at home. It's like, oh, wait, wait let me move that. I got a comment and I got a comment and said, there's a bottle of wine somewhere behind me. I'm not gonna drink that right now because it's gonna be on TV. But no, there's, um, you know what I mean? Like everything, we all adapted to it. It's just really crazy. That's going to be yeah. one heck of a story to tell. I, know, I interrupted you, so go ahead. No, no. I would, I would just want to. I would conclude by saying, yes, I love the technology. Um, it does provide for uh, immediacy for the audience, and the audience is used to getting immediacy and dialing in on whatever they want, just by, you know, this or whatever device. Uh, but the mission and the purpose remains the same. You get, you got to do the stories. You gotta, you gotta do them right. You gotta be accurate. You gotta be fair. I mean, that's a tall order in this day and age. It's, it could be very partisan, um, but the mission is the same. The technology has changed, but the mission is the same. Uh, and of all the things that you've covered, uh, did you ever imagine that you'd be covering a, a pandemic like this? I mean, this is this is one of the I, you know, craziest things. I, 
I think we could so, have ever predicted that this would happen. Um, I've been doing this a few decades, and I thought that 9-11, um, when I was in New York, was the biggest story of my career and would be the biggest story of my career. Then I come to Houston and Harvey happens. And I thought, this is the biggest story of my career. Just the sheer magnitude of the disaster and how many people were affected and lost their lives and lost their homes, okay? Then the pandemic is now soared to number one, given how widespread it is. It's a worldwide health crisis that we've been living through for two years. And none of us expected that. Um, so, I mean, and Houston has so many other major stories going on, uh, too many to count. Yeah, and it's never a slow day in Houston. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's never. I know Jason Bristol who works with us too. He came from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, it's a bit of a change. Just a little bit of a change. So, I'll give you a better I'll give you a better comparison. I came from New York City. <clears throat> we have we don't have quite the volume of news in the New York metro area cuz you're talking, you know, like 15 million people. Mm-hmm. But we have the same kind of we have as big a news as that city does. We have big stuff here. The network's oh, here do. All, the all the time. Yep. So it's rocking and rolling. That's what it is. It's, and you know, as you know, we talked about this the other day, flying by the seat of your pants is one of the rush I get out of this job. Oh, for you know, sure. I mean, that was the other day you saw first, well, my first, my case, I mean, I was doing an interview right across from you and yeah. what time that for 10 o'clock? 20, 20 to 10. Yeah. It was like 940 you were working. Yeah, we get that. We get that thrill, right? Just to kind of get to the deadline. And uh, we appreciate everybody that that has watched. I do want to ask you one question before you go, um, because it'll serve as a transition point to my next uh, my next thing. Um, And that's the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, That was the interview that I was doing the other day with Tony Oliva. You're going to amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that was awesome. I'm going to tell I'm going to share that story here in a little bit. But I just think it's really cool that baseball is finally recognizing the efforts and the accomplishments of those that were in the Negro leagues back in the day. I don't know if you've ever been to the Negro league museum in Kansas city. Have you ever been, uh, if you ever go up there, you, that's that, if you're a baseball fan, that is one of the coolest places to go see because there are so many untold stories that people just don't know of so many men that played this game and little towns and from where they came from. And all. I think it's so cool. I just want kind of your perspective uh, on that aspect of it. I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, I know a little bit about the history of the Major League Baseball. It started after the Civil War, about the 1870s. Black players not allowed. So this is from the 1870s until 1947 and Jackie Robinson, who became the first. And so in those intervening years, you have uh, black ball players who were tremendous and never got to play with other great players in the major leagues. And so all these years later for the uh, Major League Baseball to acknowledge the records and the accomplishments, I think is uh, it's a wonderful thing to see. Buck O'Neill getting in this time. And I, yes. I, think, I, I feel like it's amazing that he wasn't in there already, honestly. I know we're talking about recognition and accomplishments. But he should have been in a long time ago. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. You can, it can get, you know, we can go on and on about 
who's in, why they're in. Oh yeah. And who's out. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask you. Okay, we get. We, I'm gonna ask no, you. Right, no, 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 no. I'm gonna ask you right now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna ask you because because I'm gonna talk about this afterwards. <laughs> I think Barry Bonds should be in. I think Roger Clemens should be in. Uh, I think those guys deserve to be in because I think they were Hall of Famers before all that stuff happened and all the allegations that came out. Yep. What say you about some of those marquee guys during that uh, PED era? I agree. I know, you know, is their legacy tainted? Yes, but they were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. I mean, before Barry Bonds, you know, looked twice the size that he became. <laughs> I mean, right. he was still a great player. Uh, yeah, his Pittsburgh days, man. His Pittsburgh oh, days were I mean, amazing. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So I, I I understand the stain and so forth, but yeah, they and Roger. I mean, my and he did it for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. I know it's hard, but I I think they deserve to be in. Awesome. Well, hey, Len, thank you for joining me. Uh, my first guest on this live edition. This has been great. Anytime. I uh, appreciate it. I will see you at 10 o'clock. And yes, sir. everybody at home, watch us at 10 o'clock. have some high school highlights, some good stories on uh, KHU 11 News as well. Len, I will see you in a little bit. Thank you. Appreciate All right. it. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's see. All right. That was uh, Len Cannon. He is fantastic. Always love working with him. And uh, we are moving on, and I will, we're going to piggyback off of what we were just talking about with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, before I get into my story and before I get into the interview that I had earlier this week with Tony Oliva and the backstory behind that, I do want to talk about uh, my, my thoughts on the whole process. You know, I thought the six guys that were voted in were, were fine. I, I, love, I love that we have a veterans committee now, two, actually two veterans committees. Right, the Golden Days era committee, and then uh, I think there was another veterans committee. That's where Buck O'Neill got in as well. Uh, I think it's fantastic because my biggest pet peeve with the whole Hall of Fame voting system in baseball is that writers get so much say in it. Now, look, I'm I'm, I'm a sports journalist. I'm um, I'm in this business. I would love to vote for the Hall of Fame, but I don't think I deserve a vote for the Hall of Fame. And honestly, looking at some of the guys that are voting, you see some of these ballots that are coming out. We, we have a lot of these services now on social media. They, they release the ballots uh, online. And some one ballot comes in, another ballot comes in, and, and we see who these people are voting for. Some of these ballots are empty. Empty ballots. And that's embarrassing. That is shameful. That should not happen. If you submit an empty ballot, that ballot should not be counted. The problem is... An empty ballot is counted as players on that particular ballot not getting any votes. The list for the Hall of Fame every year includes somebody that should be in. Now, granted, should they be first-time Hall of Famers, first-ballot Hall of Famers? No, there's only a select few guys that can do that. We saw Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're going to submit an empty ballot, your ballot should be taken away from you because that is embarrassing. And um, there are so many other people that are worthy and that would, you know, cherish the fact to vote for the Hall of Fame. This is a sport that we've watched our whole lives and we love. And I just think by by looking at those ballots that are coming in and most some of them are empty. I think that that is that is a shameful act. I on, I honestly think some of the Hall of Famers should get a vote. I think Hall of Famers should get a vote. Former players 
should get a vote. Current players should maybe get a vote. And then you can sprinkle in some of the riders that have really, really been there a long time. Um, I think that's the way to proceed. But the fact that the, these baseball ballots, especially the main ballot, is just solely based on rider votes, that's a big problem for me. And I think that needs to change because we're seeing some people miss opportunities that they should be in the Hall of Fame. I mentioned to Len Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame, but just because some people don't like his political leanings, that should not preclude the fact that he should be in the Hall of Fame. So I think those guys should be in the Hall, but I don't think they will be. I don't think they're going to get in, and that is a shame because I think the voting system, like many things in this country that we live in now, have gotten so, so political, and uh, people hold grudges. And you got to try to take that out of the equation as much as you can. That's why you should sprinkle in some other types of voters in there. That's my soapbox for the Hall of Fame. But now, having said that, I'm so happy that one particular guy did get in. Actually, two guys. Uh, being a White Sox fan myself, uh, Minnie Minoso getting in was fantastic. The guy played in five decades. Former Negro Leagues baseball player for the New York Cubans. And um, I think I, I thought he was... He should have gotten in a long time ago. Again, that's one of those guys that missed the opportunity when he should have gotten in earlier. And the other one is uh, Tony Oliva, a former Minnesota Twins legend. If you watch KHU 11 News, you, you saw the story that my family, the connection that my family has with Tony Oliva. And it's pretty special. Let me see if I can get this. Uh, uh, oh, I got a text message. Hold on one second, but then pulled it when I realized there wasn't a logo. Is there anyway? Okay, sorry about that. I kind of got sidetracked. Somebody was, uh, let's see, somebody was uh, texting me about that. Anyway, so Tony Oliva, back to Tony Oliva. So the story with him uh, and my family goes all the way back to Cuba. My family's from Cuba, from the west side of the island. And uh, Tony Oliva is also from the west side of the island. And um, And this is a pretty cool connection that we have because... It turns out that my grandfather, and he's told me stories about how my grandfather and Tony Oliva first met, but it turns out my grandfather actually went and found Tony Oliva in this little town that he was working the fields. So in Cuba back in the day, uh, a lot of these guys, they worked in the fields, they tried to do whatever they could. You know, uh, back, back then, Fidel Castro had just taken over, things were kind of changing in the country, there was a lot of uncertainty going on. And so... Uh, there's a lot of guys that worked in the fields, worked different jobs. My grandfather was one of them, but they played baseball, right? That's the, the national sport, was, has been for a long time. Um, and so they played baseball. My grandfather played a lot. Tony Oliva turned out he, he would play every Sunday. He wouldn't play a lot. But then my grandfather got him and brought him over uh, and brought him over to the town where they used to play. And it turns out that that's where a professional scout was when they started playing. They saw Tony Oliva, and boom, the rest is history. Oliva had an amazing career with the Minnesota Twins. He was a rookie of the year. In his rookie season, he won the batting title. I don't think that's, a, that's happened since. Um, and so it, it was just really cool. And after, after he got elected, you know, five years ago, he missed the Hall of Fame by one vote. He missed by one vote, and I felt so bad for him. I remember when I saw that news, I was like, oh, my God, he's now 83 years old. I was hoping he was 78 at the time. I, I was hoping that he'd get another shot because falling one vote short, you know, the next time you come around, you're probably going to get in. And that's exactly what happened. He was voted into the Hall of Fame, and I'm so happy for him. Um, 
I, I met him once a long time ago. Again, my grandfather and my, my dad, they kept up a relationship with him. They knew him on the island. Then they kept in touch when they moved to the United States. And that friendship has still been there. So after he, you know, after he, uh, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, I decided, you know, I, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give him a call and see if I could do an interview with him. And he was so gracious and he was so kind to give me an interview. I did most of it in Spanish. That can be found on our YouTube page, KHU YouTube page. But I did a couple of questions in English and I want to play that for you right now. Tony, what does this mean to you and how, how special is this moment for you? Uh, this is this is a moment that's very, very special for me, for my family, for my friends, and all those people who pulled it for me all those years. Uh, I know that I have a lot of, fr a lot of friends who have been suffering that every year when I miss it, especially six years ago when I miss for one boat, uh, that was a very, very disappointing. But, uh, you know, uh, right now, I have the opportunity to tell the people, you know, thank you for all the stuff they did for me. Uh, many people helped me through, my, through the way uh, of my career, and uh, I never forget that. Yeah, I never forget where I come from, too. Uh, I think it's, it's a good thing that I never forget it, you know, uh, that... I'm from for a little town, a little town in Cuba, in the, in the country, and working the farm with the animals and that. I never forgot that before. I never go forget that now. And I, I, I thank you, thank you, the people you know who pulled for me all those years and never left me down. All the time he give me courage. This way, they keep saying, Tony, next time, next time, you belong there. Uh, you know, something like that, they keep repeat, repeat, repeat for many, many years, and the same happened. They were right. It's been special for me to hear the stories about you over the years from my grandfather. Um, and how nice has it been to keep that relationship with him? Because I know you guys talk every now and then. Yes, uh, we were, you know, uh, if we were a little bit uh, close, we maybe see each other. And uh, speak more, thank you, the telephone. But we keep it, we keep in touch since uh, he first get here, you know, 50 years ago. I think uh, we never lost uh, uh, in touch. And that was good for him and good for me too. Uh, I like, I think if you have a good friends uh, in the good time and in the bad time, this is the kind of friend you need. And him, I like uh, another guy who passed away uh, a couple of years ago, Roberto Fernandez Tapanis. He's from there too, from Los Palacios. And Fernandez Tapanis and your, uh, and your uh, grandpa, they went to pick me up in, in, in Cosalito, where I'm from, in the country over there. And uh, we never, we never uh, lost touch and we were very close all those years that was tony oliva and congratulations to him uh it was so special talking to him but hey i gotta run we're 35 minutes into this thing but i just got an alert on my computer that my battery's about to die oh no but thanks everybody for tuning in we're gonna do this again i promise this is gonna be fun i enjoyed doing this i'm gonna have some other guests join me too but hey until next time 
This is going to be on the podcast. Go ahead and check the audio version of that. I'm going to post that here in a little bit. And uh, until next time, talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Hopefully our high school teams make it to the state championship. That'll be awesome. Check out tonight on the highlights. And then I will talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.